0: All right, everybody, welcome back. We gave Lon the day off today, but we're back with Vinny and Sonny for our first crypto roundtable of 2023. And we have an exciting episode for you today. Vinny gives us an update on Bitcoin, and then we have a great discussion about the overall economy. We predict whether Bitcoin's going to hit thirty dollars or $16,000 next. We chop it up about the ongoing controversy involving DCG, Genesis, and Gemini. And on top of that, the SEC has charged both Gemini and Genesis with selling unregistered securities. We, we deconstruct all that and what's going on there. Plus, we talk about porsche's nft job that got criticized heavily but we started talking about hey what could brands do the next time up at bat when entering the web 3.0 ecosystem it's going to be a great show stick with us this week in startups is brought to you by acquire.com whether you want to sell a solo project or a booming startup with hundreds of employees acquire.com has the tools experience and most importantly engaged buyers to help you achieve your acquisition goals Sign up for free at try.acquire.com/twist. Squarespace turn your idea into a new website. Go to squarespace.com/twist for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code twist to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and Fitbod. Tired of doing the same workouts at the gym? Fitbod will build you personalized workouts that help you progress with every set. Get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash twist. Hey everybody,
1: I'm alive. <laughs> Thank you, Molly, for running the show yesterday. Uh, I feel like Alive is doing a lot of work here, but we are happy to see you.
0: <laughs> I'm in Miami. I, I just had the worst two weeks sickness of my life, but I'm coming out of it. It's not COVID. I took COVID tests. No, not COVID, but
2: uh Is it man, the RSV? I, I think
0: I, think I might RSV. have gotten RSVP. Yeah, RSV. RSVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unscheduled RSVP, in fact. Um, but uh somebody wrote a really nice comment. I, I really like Molly without Jason. <laughs> I was oh, like, nice. why read the comments? Wow. They're like, oh Never the joke better. Really. Just have Molly do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube comments. <laughs> But, of course, it's, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. It's the new year, Molly. And we thought, we got to get back to this crypto thing.
1: It's been like we months. Get back
0: to it. It's been a month. It's been a minute.
1: I know. We missed you guys. And there was all this crypto news. Anyway, yes, we are delighted to welcome back the Crypto Roundtable. Sunny Madra, co-founder of Definitive Intelligence. If you're just joining us here in 2023, we're going to do the full intros because you never know who just are stumbled on your show for the first time. So Sonny of Definitive Intelligence, which lets users view on and off-chain data to understand and grow their web through user base. Vinny Lingham, co-founder of Civic, a startup that encrypts identity information on the blockchain, also started Waitroom Room for one-on-one video conferencing at weightroom.com. We are delighted to break down all the hot goss yep. in the crypto world. There's a lot going on. I mean, the two things,
0: I guess, is this Gemini thing and then... I I guess Bitcoin came back,
2: so I don't know where do where do you guys want to begin? Let's do Vinny do Bitcoin first, and then we'll come around to Gemini much longer. But Vinny, break down the price action on Bitcoin.
3: Yeah, so so Bitcoin's a a, a risk on asset, as we all know. So when the market goes risk on, people start buying Bitcoin. Um, I guess there was some some technicals that that apply, but the general broader market's becoming more bullish. In you know, just everyone's expecting the Fed to slow down. Um, stop the rake hikes, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you go to 25. I think the market's pricing a 98% chance that we get a, a 25 uh, basis point hike in next week. Now, well, the, like, I'm not so really sure that I agree with this, by the way. This this is like the market consensus and the market's often wrong, as we've seen when, we, when you see these big crashes and whatever else. Let's just zoom out and talk about macro right now. We're heading into um earnings, earnings, multiples, well, we already had the compression and now we may have, uh, you know, downgrade earnings. Look at Microsoft's guidance today. Um, we've got a lot of headwinds because what we're finding is that the economy is actually pretty robust when it comes to labor. Uh, it's still growing and inflation is still high and we have to see inflation come down. So PCE numbers come out on Friday. And if those are not very, very strong uh, on the way down, you're going to see Powell you know, continue the playbook. What is the playbook for Powell? Front load rate hikes as much as possible, um, higher for longer, and then keep, you know, and, and when, when inflation goes down, don't turn off the relief valve too soon because of what happened in the 70s. He's communicated this over and over again for months. And the last thing he wants to see is a bull market take the pressure off inflation. And so, if he sees stocks running too much, crypto running too much, et cetera, he's going to go out there and not fire a 25 basis point hike. He's going to do 50. Now, mm. he, might do 20, he might do 25, but that's because CPE numbers come on really strong and other parts of the economy start to weaken. The only part of the economy that's really weakened so far is the housing because of interest rates and maybe vehicle sales as well. So, anything that's interest rate specific. But you know, if you look at what's happening from a macro perspective, there's a lot more onshoring happening, a lot more production coming into the US manufacturing, setting up chip plants, etc. The the you know China Taiwan debacle is playing out. You have got Ukraine. We're sending tanks in there today. This is a very dynamic situation, and I'm pretty sure Powell is still hawkish and still going out there saying. We need to keep a little inflation. We need to be higher for longer. We need to inflict some pain on the economy. We have to get job job numbers up uh, or unemployment numbers up. And this is an important point, which um, I saw from I have a hedge fund guy who showed me a whole bunch of stats. You know, prior to COVID, U.S. immigration was about three million a year, two point five to three million a year net net immigration. It's currently sitting on five hundred thousand. Due to covert, immigration policies, whatever else. Mm-hmm. So we're, in, we're we're short. We're just two, extended, two man- yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're short two million laborers a year coming into the US to build the economy. The labor market, the, the cuts we've seen to date have been let's be honest, they weren't really cuts. They were like, you know, sprinkles of dust. Like when some, when a company of you know drops like a thousand people, it doesn't matter, right? So we're not really seeing widespread job losses and cuts that are going to be meaningful or significant enough to take unemployment to 4%, 5% where, you know, that's where I think he starts to get concerned. I think we're in for more pain. I think we're in for maybe a 50 so wait, basis point it's risk, point risk hike. on or it's risk off? you well, are saying the it's market, risk on. The market is taking a risk on approach because they think that Powell is going is to… Risk know, gonna on
0: means buy risky assets. Everybody, yes. the party's on, let's buy speculative stuff. Therefore… Bitcoin yes. is part of that. It's speculative risk off means, Hey, let's buy things that
1: have dividends. Let's buy things that have revenue.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: So you're saying people, there's been a flight to blockchain. There's been a flight to Bitcoin on the assumption yes. that it's the year of the rabbit. Things yes. are going to be better. I was telling Jason, I was like, Nope, I'm, mm. I'm telling you that the sentiment in the market right now is no more of this BS. Like we want things to be better and we are talking ourselves into it. Mm-hmm. Including maybe buying Bitcoin, but Vinny, it sounds like you're not buying it though. You're like, uh,
3: you know, I, I'm right now. I'm I'm in a market. Markets the mode are where all sentiment. It's it's, it's it, the sentiment is good. The fundamentals are shit. Let's just be frank, okay? Sentiment. Uh, the fundamentals do I don't not think look the good. The fundamentals are that bad. No, no, what no. The recession hasn't hit yet. We we are we oh, are no. heading for a recession. Manufacturing ha- has been in a recession for. Yes, but the over-economic the overall growth numbers are still good. The economy is still growing. A recession, we're still growing. Two negative quarters, economy. right,
0: is uh, I guess the, the definition. So now we've got this very weird situation, Sunny, where like even how do we define what a recession is? And when you're in tech or a capital allocator or a capital allocator in tech, I mean, during something like this, it's uh, you're you're going to have a certain viewpoint of that because this is a clear depression. This is a crash for us, but. But the broader company, yeah. people seem to be doing okay. They do fine,
3: they do yeah. fine. Mm-hmm.
0: What's your take yeah. on this, Sonny?
2: And, you know, I kind of um, line up with what Vinny's saying here. I think, like, look, I think it's very easy to just to maybe take a step back. I think within tech, we're definitely seeing a slowdown in purchasing. Right. I I saw a tweet this morning where you know someone was saying, "Hey, they cut out sixty six percent of their SaaS services," mm-hmm. and so. You know, you think about that, and I think even at Twitter, Jason. I don't know if you can comment on it, but I heard something about like a big cutout of SaaS services there. And so we're starting to just see, sort of, there was this mentality, you know, for the last five plus years, where you know a new SaaS service comes out, break out the corporate credit card, sign up for it, and then it just you know runs forever and it's great. And now we're starting to see everyone kind of cut back, and you're you're seeing that impact through the ecosystem where people are definitely a lot more diligent around the services they're using or they're asking their teams to, you know, build those things internally, or, you know, consolidate those type, uh, there we go, exactly. Great one. And, uh, you know, so we're starting to see a lot of this, you know, where I kind of, you know, line up with Vinny, I think this stuff trickles its way through the rest of the economy, right? Where, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, things start at the top, and where, you know, if if the tech folks were making all the money, and then they kind of use, and um, they use that, to then you know go out and buy services homes and things like that you're starting to see the slowdown so i think we're gonna uh really see towards this you know maybe the, the third quarter of this year like a bigger slowdown in, in the rest of the economy I think it's a leading indicator here
0: MicroAcquire is a startup acquisition marketplace that helps you sell your business quickly and easily. And listen, the acquisition process was never described as quick or easy, but MicroAcquire has changed that just like they changed their name from MicroAcquire and rebranded as Acquire.com. Yes, they want to show the world they can help any startup of any size get acquired. Acquire's mission has remained the same. Help founders achieve life-changing outcomes build tools that make acquisitions easy, and foster a new generation of entrepreneurs. And the stats on Acquire speak for themselves. They've reported over $2.1 billion in combined revenue of all the startups that are listed on their marketplace. Over $500 million in closed acquisition volume already, and over 1,000 deals have closed. So it's the right place for you to sell your startup. And now you can sell anything from a solo project to a booming company with hundreds of employees. Acquire.com has the tools, experience, and most importantly, engaged buyers to help you achieve your acquisition goals. And if you're on the buy side, you can join over 120,000 other buyers who have skin in the game. Buyers can browse listings for free. And of course, it costs nothing to list or sell your business. If you're thinking about selling your startup or looking to acquire a business in 2023, sign up now for your free acquire.com account. Get more information at try.acquire.com twist.
1: That's try.acquire.com twist. Moody is apparently is calling it a uh, predicting a slow session, not all the way to recession in 2023. I mean, there are sort of these conflicting feelings about how bad this could get. There's sort of hope for a hope for a soft landing. There are lots of exogenous things that could happen, I guess. But I guess when we bring it back to Bitcoin, there has been this brief rally. I just checked my teeny tiny portfolio, Weatherbane, I consider it. And it's down a little bit today. Like, are you do you feel that it's too soon for this rush to to Bitcoin, like in terms of that risk portfolio? There's still more winter ahead. I
3: I think that it's it should be a slower grind up than it has been over the past two or three weeks. Hmm. I think if Bitcoin goes up by a slow, you know, at at an even pace, it's fine. These two big sort of jumps and step ups. it's it's, again it's it's a risk on money it's like money going hey you know everyone here is betting on Powell slowing down the rate of hikes i think there's a 50 basis point hike coming and 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 you know it might be 25 and then then another 25 but he is he has like broadcast this loud and clear Real, real rates have to go positive across the entire curve he doesn't want to have any situation where you know we have negative interest rates effectively on inflation versus uh fed funds rates um, and I don't think he cares about the stock market at this point. And all he cares about is the unemployment numbers and that inflation gets under control. And it's higher for longer. He said this many times. And, every, and the market, by the way, is making the mistake of pricing cuts in Q3. <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's no way. Well, yeah, if inflation the, the, comes so down. The, no the way guess here would
0: be some people. You know, my reading of it is some people would like to buy some of these assets ahead of. The good news, and so there'll be some more bad news. So, if you were going to build a position in some of these companies, which I started doing when I started J trading, you know, like as it's bouncing along the bottom, this not investment advice would be the time to get in. And so, the question is, Sunny, sixteen thousand bitcoin or
2: thirty thousand bitcoin? Which will we see next? Well, you know, I, I maybe Nick can pull it up. But which like, will we I'll, see I'll next? Pull, I'll, I'll, before I answer that, I sent I sent uh, a tweet. Yeah. If you can pull it up, Nick, you know, and Vinny, you have to answer this question too. You guys got yeah. this thing for your software. I yeah. need to, I need to p- predictions here. For sure. But like one of the things that, you know, I've been saying a lot Which of people we see saying is like re- reversion to the mean. And so just, mm-hmm. this is just one example. And, and you know, I think what would be an awesome chart to create is like, look at this, like across multiple industries, you know, where, and I think, um, you know, Vinny touched on this thing. It was like, we just kind of scratching the surface. There's been so much growth in these businesses, Right um it, you know post uh you know I guess like COVID. We still have to revert back to the mean. And so what I would say, and I don't have the chart in front of me, but I think if you pull up the Bitcoin chart, I would say it really, yeah, great. I I think we kind of revert back to where things were before the huge run up that happened through 20, you know, I would say really 2018, 2019, 2021. So I I would kind of even Pull back there. I know, like that's not going to be a, maybe a popular 2017 opinion. 2017 timeframe. I think that's more like. You think we go back to 2017? I think so. Like you know what? Where, uh, you know he's kind of pulling it on here. I, I think it's like yeah, like maybe five or six thousand. Like you could end up there okay. before everything resets. But that's that's uh, and I'm just okay. going by reversion of the mean. Reversion to you mean. You think we see 16 theory.
0: before 30? What do you think? this yes. 16 or 30? Which do we see next first? Because that'd be like kind of equidistant here. So so y-
3: y- y- here's the here's the thing. I don't think that it's an independent, you know, like, I don't think Bitcoin flies independently. Yet. I think it's linked to the macro situation. So, you know, 26K is the key resistance level to get through here on this run. If we want to see a Bitcoin or a crypto bull market start, if it hits 26K and holds it, it's going to run to 30 plus. Okay. So, so just on the technicals, Sunny is right in the sense that the reversion to the mean could happen, but mm-hmm. that's not going to be... Like, here's an example. The, if the rest of the market flies, Bitcoin's not going to 16K or 6K. That's not going to happen. If the market... So it's, it's really dependent on macro. The most likely scenario right now is that Powell, inflation doesn't go away. We get stuck in the 5 6% zone. And he has to jack up rates to maybe six percent, and because he has to get it down to like three percent soon, it's not happening fast enough. I don't think we're going to see it soon enough, and I think it's inflation has just become persistent. There was just too much money being printed, guys. Let's be frank. And they printed even more money this earlier this year. Like there's just more money coming out uh, uh, last late last year. Like there's too much money in the system. Households got too much cash. There's too much cash on the sidelines. So
0: you think we sit sixteen before we hit thirty? I your think bet. that I think which do we more see
3: li- next? I think we probably see 16 before 30 because I think the 26 resistance is going to be really hard.
1: I'm going
0: with 16 as
3: well. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with 16.
1: I don't think I don't see it. I mean, I think it's like too big to fail. I think it is correlated to your point, Vinny enough with institutional investing that, We will probably see moves that are similar to the broader market, but I don't, I don't so. And yeah. almost as a result, I don't see it taking off and having 16, 16 some like 60
3: m- might be too low. Uh, it might be too low, but I, I, I just think that maybe we'll probably see it go below 20k again.
0: Listen, if you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to do a side project, Squarespace is an amazing place for you to start. Why? Well, it's the platform where you can build or sell anything. I've been talking about Squarespace for a decade because it is the absolute best place for you to take that first step in being an entrepreneur or starting a project or even putting up a portfolio of your work. We love it at launch. We use it for all our different projects. When we have to put something up like remotedemoday.com, man, we can get it up and running in minutes. The feature train from Squarespace just keeps coming. The product velocity at that company is exceptional. And when they ship, they ship it beautiful, beautiful templates, inventory management APIs, advanced analytics, 24 seven, 365 day a year, award winning customer support. And hey, it's gonna look great on any device. They also have appointment scheduling. So let's say you're a trainer or something, or you're a coach and you need to manage appointments great. You want to take payments for content or for a product, you can do that. You don't need to hire an army. You just need to go to squarespace.com slash twist and start a free trial. That's all you need to do squarespace.com slash twist. And make sure you use the offer code twist for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, you can get your domain there at the same time. We love you, Squarespace. Thank you. Uh, On behalf of all the the startups, capital allocators and tech enthusiasts who listen to this podcast for being our longest running partner, it means the world to us. Squarespace.com slash twist. Use the promo code TWIST, please.
1: Now, what I will say is I actually see, I think we are going to see kind of ongoing inflation in some areas. However, and this is where I have a disagreement with the people who think that this was all about money printing. We are about to experience a real glut of goods because yep. we had a shortage of goods and then, and there was pretty, produ- you know, production, 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 to just try to get it there. And like all of the stuff that's still on the cargo ships is about to come off. You're already seeing like chip prices as a bellwether start to tank. You see
2: it in cars. You see, you it, see it in, in electronic goods. Yep.
1: You a hundred percent do. And we produced, and again, this is like, this is all sort of businesses making the mistake of thinking that the pandemic conditions, which were a series of black Swan conditions, Right. Not just a pandemic, but a pandemic and the invasion of Ukraine, a pandemic and the kind of manufacturing, like the China shutdown related to the pandemic, the sudden China reopening. A manufacturing made the mistake of thinking that the conditions of the pandemic would last forever. Also, where everybody would just want stuff because you couldn't leave your house. And so you ordered more and more and more stuff. So production has actually Increased to meet the idea that we're stuck at home and not wanting to travel again or not being able to travel again. So I actually
3: we imagine a
1: universe in which prices really start yeah. to crater. It's the
2: opposite of inflation. At least it's in actually goods. possible for Vinny to get an Urus. Vinny could get an Urus, Urus. right now. <laughs> Urus.
1: Urus is haveable. Well, no, he
3: can't. You know why actually, he, can't? No, he can't? No, no, you can't. I've read, no, no. I, 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 like no jokes. <laughs> I've been, I've been oh, looking. God. I've been looking for. No, I'm looking for a new SUV. And I looked across the range, and and the wait lists on those things are like eighteen months, twenty four months. Though,
0: wait, we're talking about a Lamborghini SUV. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Anybody who buys
0: them. a Lamborghini SUV is a fool. That is like <laughs> no, the, the Urus is I the. Didn't jam. Buy while, I, I was it. just looking.
3: I was just looking. <laughs> I'm just
0: ridiculous. trying to. If you buy a Lamborghini, you buy a Lamborghini. You don't buy a Lamborghini. No. You don't buy. You that the Urus. It was like when they made the Porsche Cayenne. Yeah. I mean, it's not which is
3: awesome
1: i mean I honestly
2: it is buy, awesome but the, the, all the, the,
1: the tie can, the take can that is an awesome that is a hot take car there's a, one a, on my street and i'm always well, like well, coming back to me.
2: reality guys if you if pull if you pull up a second that i just shared around savings it's just highlights molly's point because i think morgan stanley put this out this this morning which is savings are declining across all income groups right and Basically, you know, this is uh, this combined with that glut that you were mentioning, Molly. I think this mm-hmm. is when we're really going to see the like an actual impact on the economy. So this right. is starting to.
3: And unfold. I think it's close. What's misleading about this, by the way, and i misleading. It's very, it's in front of us. Excess savings, right? So this, we haven't started digging into the existing savings. This is excess savings from income. And so when people start losing their jobs or salary cuts happen or you know inflation goes up, this excess number goes down, which is what we're seeing now.
1: Well, there was b- no b- savings but people, before. But
3: people, people still have reserves. Well, there were savings before. There really wasn't. There was like that yeah, stat about how seventy so. some yeah. percent
1: of Americans could not come up with four hundred dollars in an emergency. I just came out yesterday. There no, was no savings. I know, I know, I know but the there was credit things, card debt before, and then credit card debt went down, and people were like, "Hot damn, I finally am in the black for a minute. Let me go black." Believes-
3: the Fed believes that households are sitting with a trillion dollars worth of excess savings. Uh, I know is, rich so that's guys what they, think that, and it pisses me off. Th- th- that's what, that's what they believe. That's what they believe, <laughs> right? And they, and they manage, managing manage. Well, it might be true in Texas. aggregate, but yeah. it might not feel that way. So, when people answer a, a survey,
0: the survey oh, yeah, here we go. The survey came out today. Yeah, yeah. So when people answer a no, survey, I, I discount that information a little bit. I think you know how they feel. They're looking at a lot of different uh, buckets of expenditures, and there's a lot of emotion that comes into that. And I think that's why the spending is actually going to come down, is people are fearful right now. And when they see the layoffs happening, even if it's not impacting them, they're going to just kick in austerity measures. And I, I think that's what's happening, is all at once people are um, starting to just say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't buy this uh, Lamborghini, what'd you call it, a Zuzu, a Rizu?
1: Mm-hmm. Urus. Urus. Urus? Urus. Urus. maybe i, don't, maybe I shouldn't be like driving that. around
0: in that maybe i get an f-150 maybe i get a cybertruck maybe i'll be reasonable and i don't want to have no. that's ridiculous <laughs> Nice. are they, not buying nice. it. Sandy, please don't buy that if you i'm not trying no, no, for no, i'm not, buying. I'm, I'm not Urus. buying it i'm, uh, Urus. I'm, just, I'm just giving you a pop. fact
3: i'm just giving you a fact point because I, I was you know if <laughs> you're not buying on, it guys. why did
0: you make this image of yourself in it for your vision board because yeah, yeah. That, was, that was me a few exactly. seconds ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Solana 150, right? When Solana hits yeah. 150. Actually, then you for, for, the,
3: for, the, for the record, I drive a Tesla. Uh, of course, yeah. Um,
0: oh.
1: Alright. For the record, I
0: drive a Polestar. I think Polestar I've come to the conclusion
1: oh, that... He wants, a, he wants an nice car. Oh, Polestar's cool. Uh, I've come to the conclusion
0: that Bitcoin actually has utility in the world for some group of people. And that's why it's got this foundational um, kind of uh, longevity. It has like some foundational value for people. People like to keep, just like some people like to have gold or a home, they, they'd like to have a store of value somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for some people, this one is the one that they trust most. And uh, that seems to have put a floor
1: into it in terms of value. Totally. And I maintain there's still a lot of institutional money in it, too, which is why I think that, I mean, I think it will always be propped up on seven level because there's so much institutional investment there at this point, like potentially counterintuitively to the ultimate aims of Bitcoin, but 100%. Except Peter well, yes, Thiel
0: was was passing his bag the whole time he was telling everybody that Bitcoin was the one
3: you know so, so, so here's the thing all this marginal excess savings goes somewhere right people buy stocks they buy whatever they invested if marginal savings excess savings is going down people aren't buying things they're selling things so they're going to sell some bitcoin which is some of their savings whatever in there they're going to sell some crypto so that's why i'm embarrassed because i don't think that people who are living on the on the sort of bread line or even with like small amounts of savings can withstand you know anything right now which which takes money out of their pockets and they're gonna have to have expenses to meet so i'm i'm like you know you you want to be in a situation where there's where there's um you know economic growth and jobs are you know the job market's pretty tight and econ- economies, people don't feel like that like people are losing their jobs they're losing money the free money is over so what do you do when you don't have money you sell stuff <laughs> you know what about like, uh, this is where I wonder... right now
1: This is where I wonder if we will see an uncoupling and institutionals will then head to Bitcoin because we are likely to see more stock drops. Like if the stock market itself is not performing, could we see as opposed to you're talking mostly about retail investors? I wonder if we start to see institutionals say, actually, we're going to flee to Bitcoin because the stock market is not the producer we thought it was. We can get our like 4% in treasuries, but Bitcoin has worked in the past.
3: Well, that's only if it's a risk on asset. Because remember, the marginal buyers for Bitcoin are going to be retail, right? It's always it's always retail. Like yeah. institutions will get in there first, and then yeah. the re- you know retail comes. You get the retail hype, you get the blow off top, you get the whole the whole cycle. So if re- if if retail doesn't have money, where do you where do you like? Look, this is what I'm saying. I'm a just slower, saying maybe institutions slower... go
1: there, and it's no longer volatile, and it actually right, like you start no, to see it as no. a, it's a
2: good. It's a good. This is a good segue, Molly. Um, if, if you guys want to do it, because we can use this to jump into the DCG Genesis and now Gemini. And so the last time we spoke, you know, um, the, the story was still unfolding and it's gotten a lot more interesting and it actually plays into your point around the demand around Bitcoin. And we can get some thoughts around the table here. So should we run through a quick update on where we're at? Mm -hmm. So we were called DCG, um, I know digital currency group, a big holding company of a bunch of digital assets or crypto related assets from, from uh, CoinDesk to GBTC to Bitcoin miners. Um, you know, they, one of their entities was a, a prime broker called Genesis and Genesis basically got caught in this FTX scandal and their big issue. Um, is that they had had a bunch of loans that they had put out. One of the more interesting ones, which we'll dive into today, is one that you know there was a product called uh, Gemini Earn, Gemini a Different Business, is what one of the ones set up by the the Winklevoss twins. A uh, product that was you know you'd put your savings there, they would guarantee you I think you know eight to ten percent, and how they would generate that would be they would go and take advantage. And we talked about this before about this GBTC arb that existed right the price between gbtc and bitcoin and there was an arb there that existed for many many years the fountain um, of life exactly the the perpetual money machine as, mm-hmm. as, uh, as some people have been calling it online and so um now what's happened is genesis has filed for bankruptcy protection and what this has done is they've had to publish some um creditors and they now we can now see all the monies owing And we can see the hundreds of thousands of people that uh, either, you know, directly or indirectly in the case of Gemini that are sort of creditors to to Genesis as this all unfolds. And so um, this, I think, continues to be very interesting because this has its um, kind of uh, a reach back all the way into DCG and the GBTC grayscale Bitcoin trust and i think that's an interesting factor when it comes to institutional money demand for bitcoin and what ends up happening with all that bitcoin because the question of the you know the the week now is as genesis has filed for bankruptcy there was a lot of loans between dcg and genesis and do those Ooh. loans allow mm-hmm. for a reach into dcg um, to are, were they callable? Now, I think the consensus is they weren't callable. But you know, I think we have to see how this plays out. So I'll pause there and kind of let you guys ask questions. Well, let me just see if I can
0: understand this. You got the Winklevoss yeah. twins. Yes, they run something called Gemini. Correct. They take a bunch of retail people's money to buy Bitcoin. Correct. They take that Bitcoin then, which they are the custodians of, and they give it to something called Genesis, which is run by Barry Silbert's DCG. Genesis gives them an incredible return on that bitcoin. That bitcoin return is owned by the Winklevoss. The Winklevoss twins get that money. They're sweeping that while they're holding all that bitcoin for consumers. But Genesis takes custody of that bitcoin because they're giving the loans against it, then DCG gives themselves loans against that same currency and then it's a matter well, of who gets the remaining Bitcoin when this holding unwinds?
2: Well, le- let's make a couple of clarifications there, J Cal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um the money you were putting into Gemini, which is okay. the, the 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 company uh, run by the Winkovos twins, it could be cash, it could be Bitcoin. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin, right? They they basically had a savings account saying, hey, you know, we'll pay you this high APY. Um so you could put your cash there. You could also put your Bitcoin. And that was like eight percent exactly. How do they give that to you? Well, they went over to to Genesis, and Genesis says, "Hey, we have a pretty cool trade if you If you give us bitcoin, um we will basically return you you know let, let's say ten percent we We don't know what the exact numbers were. How they were doing that was they were then taking that bit they would take bitcoin so either gemini would turn it into bitcoin or they'd collect bitcoin from their customers it would go over in, into into genesis genesis would then work to get it into um, like uh, gbtc gbtc had this premium that we've previously talked about and that's where the yield would come from and, and everyone's great once that all has all stopped and um you know there's there's loans that Genesis has made which has made them insolvent right because they were making loans to people that were also trying to do so not only were they taking the money in they were they were lending money out to folks as well that were trying to do this trade very clearly they were lending it to like three arrows capital and a bunch of other folks the right. the, the big big one that ended up on the DCG balance sheet is they had lended I think they had sorry they had lent $2 billion to uh, three arrows capital and they were only able to get one billion back, and there was about a billion left outstanding, and that had created a hole on the balance sheet of Genesis. And then DCG picked that loan up in back into the the, the parent entity, and and basically made it uh, repayable over ten years. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of this kind of back and forth that that exists between these companies. And now since these bankruptcy proceedings are starting. We're going to see how, like, how far into these companies are people going to reach to go and get their assets? Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And at what point are they going to discover that they were, in fact, all the same company? Is how it's increasingly starting to feel. That's what it's starting to... At minimum, it was was all the same pool of money that was sort of being like... Well, and
2: that pool, again, being the GBTC ARB trade that everyone was going for, and all the Bitcoin that's locked up in there. And so that's the... That's sort of a, you know, everyone keeps circling around that. And I think that'll have some serious price action on, on Bitcoin, because if let's come up with a hypothetical scenario, if through these bankruptcy proceedings, it makes it all the way, it makes it all the way to GBTC. And it's determined that the only way to get people their money back is to sell that Bitcoin. Well, that's going to, that's going to create a Mm -hmm. lot of sell pressure on the, in the market. If that's, if, if we get to that point,
0: you know, I've been on a health kick over the past year. And part of that health kick is the greatest fitness app in the world, FitBod. And if you're listening to me right now, you probably care about optimization, right? saving time, doing things perfectly, and data-driven solutions. You know what? Fitness hasn't had these things until FitBod. FitBod is a data-driven workout app. It blends machine learning with exercise science. They create a custom dynamic program for you based on your fitness goals, based on your experience, and think about this, your available equipment, right? Maybe you're in a hotel, maybe you're at an airbnb maybe you're out of blue ground and you need to use the equipment you have they're going to maximize your fitness gains by varying the intensity and the volume between sessions as well and they make these beautiful visualizations of your body and how utilized your muscles are so let's check out this demo let's say i want to get a 30 minute workout in and i want to work on my chest triceps and my abs, but I'm staying at some, you know, rental and there's no equipment. Well, they'll create a perfectly optimized workout based on those parameters. Let's say I'm in another, you know, hotel and they got a bunch of kettlebells. Well, you go to another location and you got those pulley machines. They're going to make a perfect workout for you. It's amazing. It is one of the most beautiful apps ever made. They get featured by Apple all the time. FitBod takes the guest workout of fitness. Just open the app and start making progress. Get 25% off your FitBod subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbodme slash twist. That's fitbo dot M-E slash twist for 25% off.
1: Right. Here we should probably note that also, uh, as yeah. all of this is happening, on yeah. top of this back and forth, and they've been like smack talking each other on Twitter, Gemini and Genesis, and the Winkle Buyer coming out shooting and whatever, but on January 12th, both entities were charged mm. by the SEC, the SEC for the unregistered offer and sale of ding 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 securities to retail investors through the Gemini Earn crypto asset lending program.
0: Yeah. And you know, the SEC is never very in my experience a very principled group of individuals. Um I saw this quote from Tyler Winklevoss that the lawsuit is manufactured parking tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I the SEC In their complaint alleged that the earn program constitutes an offer and sell of securities under applicable law and should have been registered with the commission obviously um so there's that what's your take on this Vinny? like these two guys are fighting with each other uh, uh, over customer deposits and the sec is coming in and saying hey uh, what you're doing here may be illegal
3: so this is a very, very, like, I, I, I want to be careful because, like, I'm friends with Thailand, Cameron in particular as well. So, so I don't want to, you know, and, and, and I don't want to be biased yeah. e- either way. Um, yeah. and Barry's actually, Barry's actually one of my investors in Civic as well. So, so it's just, you know, this is what one of those, those, look, I, then he would like to I, turn I, his video off. So he, he would like no, 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 no. I, I think, I think, like, this is it's like when one of your th-
0: favorite couples gets divorced <laughs> and, like, you're having, like, you a New to Year's do, Eve. You, you know, invite one to come to New Year's, one to come to the, Christmas. The, 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 only
3: qu- the only question I've yeah. had since this whole, this whole thing blew up with FTX and you guys, we were on, a, we were on the emergency, um, emergency part we did, um, was that the Solana that FTX was holding was hedged, most more than mm-hmm. likely, by someone. Yep. And the question is who who did the hedging? And no one could answer the question. And Solana kept dropping and dropping and dropping to eight bucks. And the more it dropped, the more optimistic everybody was that Genesis was gonna come through. The mm-hmm. moment Solana spiked to twenty five bucks, they filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm why was that so someone figured out in my opinion this is my, my my hypothesis proving out that they're short solana and when the price went up so much there's no way they could save the company because they can't market by the missing solana to to repay the hedge and that's my working thesis which i think is still true for genesis for genesis yeah
0: genesis was running <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah i mean this so whole they, thing they, they, to- they weren't short no they weren't shorting it they um, were lending uh, the Sol to ftx or or, or or somebody else who is shorting it against the locks uh, uh, the locks we solve. don't see this in the bankruptcy filings like like
2: basically okay, the, the, the the problem when you look through like i mean when you see it their creditors are like they they've um you know they they've got a bunch of money out there that they've lent to folks and then they owe to folks right like so in, in the case like yeah. gemini's
3: one like it's like 900
2: million dollars right
3: I, ha- I haven't seen the, mm-hmm. the the one thing i haven't seen yet there was at some point, there was this undisclosed three hundred million dollar liability, but, but they didn't say it was denominated in crypto. They didn't say which cryptos.
2: Yeah, but mm. three hundred million wouldn't tank
3: them, Vinny. Like
2: they, they, oh, no, no, got no, but bil- billions of uh, they've got. But billions having to of, cover a short that's going could.
3: Yeah, y- exactly. So if, if it would have to go up three x from yeah. uh, from eight bucks. Uh, yeah. that would be a billion dollars. This whole thing point. needs yeah. to
0: be regulated, right? I mean, this is what it comes down to.
3: It's it's not about regulations. It's it's about people being. St- like being silly about transparency. There's no, tr- the issue isn't, you, you can regulate as much as you want. The moment you take a decentralized network of assets and you create these centralized entities all, on top of it, and then you obfuscate all the information, like with Celsius and everything else, this is what happens. The mo- Like no matter how decentralized crypto is, unless we're all doing peer-to-peer trading and peer-to-peer transactions, where it's fully visible, the moment you add a level of obfuscation, this is going to happen, and it's going to happen again, and again, and again.
1: I mean, this is what we keep, I think what we keep coming back to is that every time you have something that again, looks like a banking product, yeah. that's where it all goes wrong. It's once they financial, I mean, we've said this now so many times, it should be like a drinking game with only Don Julio. Um, but it's once you tried to financialize this product, people were like, no problem, we can make a ton of money, I will loan the same asset six times. And then I will go back to the fountain of life, which just magically produces yield. I don't really know why. I'm not even sure I understand it, but I can make money off of it. Like it's it's all of the none of it actually underlies. And I don't know what, at what point that or ever or if this message will ever make it through to investors or, you know, future VCs or anybody who's looking at this space. But like all of the financialization of crypto is seemingly somewhat different from crypto, ironically, since they're, you know fundamentally financial products
2: created out of thin yeah, i think you made a great point level. molly is that like a lot of people whether it was investing in ftx and we saw the like the looseness around the diligence there right or whether it was understanding what these products were doing like people weren't just you know doing that diligence to get to the core of like what what is it that's driving this right like money isn't magically made obviously you know a place like the u.s we have talked about this earlier in the pod but like the U S fed can offer interest. Right. But they have lots of things behind that to make that happen. Right. Right. I think faith
1: and credit of the United States. Exactly.
2: Yeah. When we, (laughs) when we have like an ARB, which is fine, you know, we have to understand ARBs disappear. And when they, and then when they go negative, that's a real problem. And the problem, again, people are lending against it. People are putting into it. Like the issue that I see with the Gemini earn product, right. Is that, if if you're running that product, and this is maybe where the SEC is coming in, you know you probably need to fully disclose to your, um, I guess the depositors, right? What not just the interest rate, but where is that coming from? Right, because we, you know when we go and buy a T bill or whatever it is, like we know where that's coming from. Or we buy a stock that has a dividend. I think in this or case,
0: mortgage backed or real estate backed, right? you have some idea of, of where exactly. the interest, who's paying the interest. If it's you an asset back, to somebody. We know what the asset is. Yeah. yeah I mean, it this and goes back to like it's a wonderful life when Jimmy Stewart explains, <laughs> like, oh, you I know, don't. your your money, it's in it's in Susie's house. And Susie, you know, how, how much do you need, <laughs> dear? Uh, remember that scene?
2: Yeah, it's yeah, amazing, people, actually. Like, yeah. well, we should see. The teach money you gave school. us, we, we gave to them that for scene. their mortgage. Yeah. because that's all the same the Exactly,
1: exactly. It's all the same stuff. It will always happen when you have when you have the opportunity to arbitrage to earn you know hmm. unrealistic interest like literally yeah. i don't know why we don't start teaching in second grade that if somebody comes to you and says you can get a return that's two to 10 times the market you say no yeah yeah or, well, like,
0: or you, really? you ask questions or you, you use 1% understand? of your net worth you know like no, you fully a-
2: understand the risk like you can get it but yeah. because you may not get paid back right that's the right. That's Well, this the is where the SEC and, yeah. could
0: really do some great Work in the world towards their mission of protecting these retail investors is by having an accreditation or a sophistication test. And if you just had this test where you said to people, like, here is historically what the stock market has returned, bonds have returned, et cetera, somebody comes to you with a new opportunity that pays this amount, here are the questions you should ask. Right. Here's how you should, uh, you know, and if you don't get these questions, maybe you should report it to the SEC at this <laughs> URL sec.gov report, whatever. Um, <laughs> and instead of just taking action after people are misbehaving or creating weird things, I, this to me is starting to listen. And I know some people are friends with certain people. This is starting to seem like, you know, this is looking very dark. I'm going to leave it at that. This is looking dark. Cause when I think you do the postmortem on this stuff, I think you're going to see different principles having swept lots of money out of the system. And when people sweep money out of the system, and they're doing these kind of arbitrage games, it's not going to look good. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think that's spot on, Jake. And the other thing is like, look, I, I think there was a time and place where, you know, taking advantage of the arb was okay. Like there was, it was hard to get Bitcoin and, you know, GBTC offered that as a, as a real path. And then there was, you know, people that were, you know, doing the work to fulfill the institutional demand that was coming and buying that through their, you know, Morgan Stanley accounts and whatever else. It was, it was great. I think Mm -hmm. you just have to be fully aware of what it is and that's that transparency that bit Mm -hmm. and and again like you know this revert to the we've seen it everywhere whether it's on hiring whether it's on interest rates and all this kind of stuff and so i think we had a lot of things that were too good to be true and that's part of that test should be there hey if something is like this like really understand how long is it going to last it's not going to last forever right
1: yeah of course (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Speaking of trying to take advantage of a market that had long since <laughs> passed them by, even I know about this. I'm, this I'm is like, it's amazing.
0: I've blocked all crypto keywords on Twitter. I just have like a uh, block list of you like, did? no, I don't. I don't. I oh, just okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. You're going to miss the next big thing.
0: Yeah. But no, I mean, this, I, I literally saw a bunch of NFT folks deriding this. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Um, here's well, what happened. which is amazing, just as a level set. So Porsche decided to mint an NFT uh, in honor of the 911 sports car. So they were going to drop a 7,500 piece collection. Each car came as a blank slate, and over time with user inputs, 3D artist Patrick Vogel would customize each NFT and presumably like a cool new 911 would be built, even though we all know that the air-cooled targa is where they should have stopped. But they just could not have gone more poorly first Porsche sent an extremely high mint price. It was like something like $1,500, 0.911 ETH, which cute, funny. Um, then it seems like the sales were not going very well. They minted a little over 2,300 of them. Um, the, they were already being resold for less than the mint price. And then Porsche, it sounds like came out and said, okay, well, we're going to stop the mint. But then they didn't stop it immediately so then that caused some FOMO so then the price went up briefly and then they stopped and so huh. people felt like it was like almost like a double rug pull and also what do you do when trying to launch like a $1500 NFT in today's market do you not even read the news
2: Yeah um I think great summary Molly so let let's let's kind of look at like this week at the positives and negatives I think like you know We've talked about this before, like from a collectible standpoint, the idea of like a Porsche NFT for, you know, the collectors and, you know, Porsche isn't a high volume manufacturer is, is really neat, Mm -hmm. right? Um, the utility that they were coming up with is that it'll evolve over time. There'll be some artists involved. I think that was really cool. I think the real challenge that emerges in, in the space still is that, um, I don't think it was particularly easy for like a Porsche collector Uh, or like a Porsche, you know, like a regular Porsche owner to go and get these things. Uh, And then they really sort of uh, run out into like the general crypto market. And I think this is where like the space has to continue to evolve. And we're actually seeing a lot of stuff happen here as like, you know, um, the infrastructure starts coming from places like Shopify and Salesforce. Salesforce has something called NFT cloud, Shopify has something as well, where they make it easy for regular people to kind of get involved in it, right? And the actual fans. and so. I think I overall really like the idea of continuing to, you know, for brands to do this, make it a collectible, add some utility to it. I think you have to be careful when it crosses over into like the the core Web3 market and crowd. And then it doesn't kind of it, it doesn't get out to the, the, the regular folks. And so that's my take of it. It's a good experiment. I think people will learn from it It's smart for them to cut it off so that it retains some value. It creates some scarcity around it.
0: They should, should have given it to people who bought the car. Yeah, like exactly. they should have just, if you bought a car, they should have given you one for free with it. And then they should have dropped some on the public. Ex- right? ex- exactly.
2: And, and this is the kind of thinking, well, look, you know, that the data around this will show, right? And so, you know, using platforms like ours, you can look at who the buyers of this were and what happened, and you can go back and do a postmortem. And you don't, this doesn't have to be the, you know, the first and last time. But I think this really talks about when you're going to do these things, you need to look at who your buyers are who the mentors are where is it coming from how do you get in front of people what can you do i've got an even better idea Mm -hmm. take a
0: picture of your porsche 911 whoever you are in the world take a picture of your vin number send it to us we will make you a one-of-one custom and uh it'll cost you know this amount uh but you'll always have it right so it could be to be 100 bucks like something really cheap but then you could resell it if you wanted to or you give it to the next owner of the car, or you can just yeah. make it your avatar, or make it your, you know, profile picture on yeah. Twitter or Instagram. I mean, it like, seems there's so many like different ways to do it. Like exactly, this would be right. a way to collect information on your user base that you don't have. Because what too. if a Porsche 911 has traded hands five times, and then you get that person emailing you the VIN number, pictures of it, you know, why they love yeah. it. You know, it's, you could do something really fun and so, creative. So, so M- 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 McLaren did that.
3: Um, I-, I got airdropped a. The McLaren NFT and I got the option to buy one as well. Wait, you own a there.
2: McLaren? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well that's
1: why he needs to get
3: oh, not the to. original
1: <laughs> million dollar one. You you own the
0: uh no, no, no,
3: it was 720S, but uh 720s, <laughs> but I, I actually got rid of it a few months ago. So but I I austerity measures <laughs> coming in. <laughs> yeah. No, actually the new Ferrari. Uh the GT the GTS is looking good. Okay. Yeah. Switch, I'm switching sides. <laughs> and then I have a Physical NFT McLaren, huh? It's blurring. See, it. Yeah, it's blurring like, There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's anyway. I, I think I think McLaren did a pretty good job on it. The way they did this.
1: So if yeah, you so bought one, you got one. You're saying, yeah. I've gotten completely distracted shopping for 1987 Porsche 911 Targas, but <laughs> <laughs> I found one in Naples for like 55 grand. These things are usually going for 200. That's see, that's the that see, that's an investment this right here cost you twice as much to keep on the road (laughs) is the porsche (laughs) superfan investment that i would much rather make than an nft no what i was gonna say though is that it sort of seems like brands like people are gonna want brands to treat nfts and they probably should do this like to your point a value add but like roll them out for free or attach some utility in a loyalty way the way that starbucks did but that to try to sell them to sort of try to to operate them as like a little short-term cash grab like this isn't that's not the vibe. Like that's just not the right way to roll this out to yeah, and of mess- your brand. Or if you're going to roll it out, you do actually have to target fans of your brand to your point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think there's some good learning here. Look, I, I give them credit for adapting, right? And I think they, they, what hopefully they do is don't do this as a one and done. That's the worst thing they can do. I think they should do this. They should understand what happened and take the feedback from the pod here. Some great ideas. Right? Yeah. And look, it's it's a great aspirational thing. Like growing up, Hi, I had a Porsche. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, growing up I had a poster of a of a Porsche in my room. And so like I would love to have like a digital version of it, right? And, you know, kind of build that up into your ecosystem. So I think mm-hmm. I think this is like this is the kind of stuff that we need in the ecosystem. We're we're kind of ragging on it for failing and the market loves to do that and all the news has been negative, but like the more that brands do these type of things and they start tying into real utility, that's what will continue to drive the ecosystem the way we want it to.
1: I mean, we're all talking about it. We are. Yeah, I think so. it's it's a,
0: for a 1.0. Yeah, it's, it seemed like a reasonable attempt. Maybe they priced a little high, but you learn and you keep going. I, I still think NFTs with functionality, uh, and that really becomes the key thing because yeah. I know the functionality that... Tim Ferriss and Kevin Rose put into their projects are what are tracking their fan base to it. You get some sort of FaceTime or even Gary Vaynerchuk. You get some sort of FaceTime or conference time or affiliation with them. And that's why people who are buying it, uh, I think, feel good about it. You don't hear like... I'm not hearing complaints from those three
2: people doing it. And I know those three individuals very well. Well, they're they're really big on the community side, right? What a lot of people don't see is you know the proof collective or you know v friends these are big communities like to your point they have conferences they have events they have an active discord they they have deals for different folks um that are associated with it like you know actually you know Vinny and I did something with Kevin you know we co-owned one of these big three basketball teams and we m- brought moonbirds in as our sponsor and we basically would make tickets available through that sponsorship huh. to the or the owners of the Moonbirds uh, NFT. So we, you know, we were kind of driving that kind of utility that you're talking about there.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Before, oh, I, I, uh, just uh, breaking news right now: Kevin Rose's wallet just got compromised, and oh. people are, it's been drained. Oh my <gasps> gosh! I felt oh, I felt terrible for him. Oh my God! really? he has multiple wallets, though. Yeah, he, he's trying to salvage it in real. This is happening in real time. I'll send you guys the the link quickly. Wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy. He's always squiggles are gone. It's just like insane. So I now, are we really going to
1: see the hack era begin? Like the the kind of additional fallout?
2: I guess it was. I don't know. There. I think the I hack era. era is all, the hack era is always there, Molly. Right in every ecosystem. There. You know, just uh, you know that one was very terrible that this has happened. But like, look if you if. Can we just say something here, Vinny, for everyone? Yeah, if right. you have crypto wallets, um, you know, please be careful to have your uh, stuff stored across different wallets, mm. and uh, you know, use security measures as as uh, like you know, hard wallets as well, um, like Ledger and things like that. Like you know, really, really dangerous to have your .dot ens address tied to your hot wallet where all your assets are. Like it just takes one bad link from someone that can look like a friend um you know people can send you like an sms right and they can make it happen i've heard of someone that got hacked through a pretty elaborate scheme where the hacker pretended they were apple support and then apple support has a way to allow you to um like allow your ipad or phone to be controlled i've I've never used it but apparently this exists and through that, they were able to basically go into their wallet and you know drain it out, and the whole thing was legitimate. So it's it's the hacks
3: are very very elaborate now these days. So even even like in this case from what, from this tweet storm we're seeing right now, what, you know what happened was he signed a it looked like you using his hardware wallet. He signed a um, a fake phishing. The contract, contract mm. uh, and it, it just drained his wallet. And that was, he thought it was, I think he thought it was something open sea, but he got phished.
1: Yeah. There are a lot. I mean, there uh, are a lot of people. And in that's what the hardware wallet, that's what the heart. So
3: you should, everyone should use mm-hmm. um, re- revoke.cash um, to go yep. in and ch- and check your, um, permission, check your wallet to permissions and just make sure that no one's got permissions. Like that's the first thing. Secondly, when you have a hardware wallet, be very, very careful with it. Like, the, the one thing you should use a hardware wallet for is to transfer from your hardware wallet. Yeah, it's cold. You, you don't use it for transactions. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I mean who, I mean, I, I who is ever supposed I, I, to be expected to
1: figure this out, honestly?
2: It, it, you're, it's a good point, Molly. And it's one of the challenges yeah. that people talk about the ecosystem, right? It's very, like, first of all, the whole idea around just a, a wallet and dealing with all these authorizations and all that is pretty scary. Two, to then say, well, no, really, you should have a hardware wallet and store stuff in there and then move it to a, a hot wallet and, you know, make sure there's only one thing ever in your hot wallet and only sign transactions with that. This is what has to improve in the ecosystem. I mean, yes. I, I completely agree with you. Like, and I'm seeing a there?
1: lot of comments to that effect on this yeah. Twitter. Like a lot of the replies on this Twitter thread are, we have to figure out Web3 security. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean... There's it's no, actually a really big, big I don't thing have time for all that wallet stuff. Like I'm even, like, I'm no, already and, out. and
2: most, most people don't. And he, it's one thing that even Vitalik talks a lot about. Right. I think, yeah. you know, from an Ethereum perspective of like, how, you know, right now there's, a, there's a scenario, like it's not a drain scenario, but, um, if you lose your, your secret key, basically the wallet is, is done. And we actually have a friend, J Cal that had lost mm. his secret key. Um, and he's actually finding a Vinny holding render in it. Oh, will tell you after. And, yeah. uh, and basically, uh, he was holding render in that wallet, lost the key because he never, you know, wrote it down. Um, luckily, it wasn't a giant amount of money, but like a, but a decent amount. And that's it. So this would be the equivalent of you having like a Morgan Stanley account for getting your password. And, Mor- oh, and Morgan Stanley like, sorry, you can never get your money again. So we really yeah. have to fix some of these things. It's really, well, really I mean, it, And, and a, a large portion of the original
0: Bitcoin is in wallets that have never traded it with the theory yep. that it's lost forever, right? It's, it's lost. Like dead yep. money. Um, all right, listen, this has been another amazing episode for our crypto roundtable. Thanks, Sonny. Thanks, Vinny. And you heard from them short Bitcoin. They were explicit about it. They said short know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, and
2: you're good. No, oh, no, I'm not, I'm no, 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 no. I'm you're joking. A short
0: Bitcoin. It's not financial advice. <laughs> if you want to play roulette, no. do not ask us what numbers to put your
2: money on. <laughs> exactly. uh, you can
0: pick the number yourself. But uh, another great crypto roundtable. Well done, boys.
2: Thanks. Thanks, yeah. thanks, for thanks for having us. It. Thanks bye. guys. Yep. yep. Bye. <laughs>